Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello and welcome back to another Out of Spec Reviews video. I'm Francie. I'm here with Kyle. We're mixing things up a little bit today because Kyle has a lot to tell me about the Rivian Max Pack, right? And usually I'm opening up the video with Hello, welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast, which is nothing different for anyone tuning in on the just audio version of the podcast, but this video is going up on the Out of Spec Reviews channel. So, why Kyle? Why are we doing this crisscross applesauce? Yeah, this is very unusual for us, but we have been covering the Rivian large versus max pack topic on the reviews channel. And I didn't want the viewers, the Rivian folks who know to look for that channel for this type of information for it to go missing on the podcast channel. If you are not subscribed to the out of spec podcast channel, which by way of numbers, a lot of people are not go over there and subscribe because we're probably not going to do this crossover very often. I just, this is really important information that I wanted everyone following this Rivian testing story uh, to get all of it in there. Yeah, let's go for it. So basically, Kyle, you took out the, well, two R1Ts with the help of Jordan, one with the Max Pack and one with the Large Pack. And we have a podcast before where you talk to Skylar Williams from Rivian stories about the Max Pack, kind of like what is the value add, if any, of the Max Pack? What has Rivian said that it will add? How much are you really paying for? What's the difference? And now you finally got your hands on a Max Pack so that you were able to test it with a large pack. So you and Jordan spent a while doing a couple different tests, but it seems like you've come across some stuff that um, is, is curious. There's a lot of questions and you have one, we're going to cover like what you found out, but also you, you're waiting to ask the Rivian team as well about what you found, because it's, I don't know, how would you describe it? How do you feel about what you kind of have discovered in your analyses and in your testing? Well, um, some sketchy stuff. I think there's no way around it. And of course, you know, uh, let's start at the beginning. Rivian launched the Max Pack. Uh, earlier this year, which is 
so, and we knew some things about it. We knew it was just a Samsung cell upgrade. I think it's the 50G to the 53G. Essentially, it went from 5 amp hours to 5.3 amp hours. That is a known cell that's on the market, uh, and, and people from automakers all around are familiar with that cell. The curious thing was that Rivian was charging $10,000 for that upgrade. Now, to start us off, Rivian originally promised a 400-mile range truck. They have delivered a 400-mile range EPA truck. It's actually 410-mile EPA in the five cycle. We're going to dig into all the EPA filings. And so as far as like a viewpoint I could see is they have delivered on their promise. They said, we're going to make a 400-mile range truck. They made a 400-mile range truck. But they did it in a very different way than many people were expecting. And so... Skyler and I, and I think you were there as well. Maybe it was just me and Skyler. We did a podcast, basically, I think it was called What the Heck is Going On with This Max Pack or something like that. And we were like pretty skeptical about it. And everyone at Rivian saw that video. And what I thought was really courageous of them was they still offered to send us to our office a Max Pack dual motor. Um, you know, sort of the maximum range possible Rivian R1T. And to me, that is just a sign of confidence. That's a sign of openness. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, and so then I was like, okay, well, I need a large, like to, to really see the differences. I didn't want to evaluate that truck in a vacuum. Um, I wanted a large pack, 21 inch dual motor R1T to run alongside, to compare capacities against, to compare efficiency against. And uh, my friend Jason, who runs myelectrichome.org, actually, if you're looking for a home, this is not a paid sponsor thing, but if you're looking for a home charger installation in the Denver, Colorado area, check out myelectrichome.org because they're awesome. They let us use their truck. And honestly, that we got it with 120 miles on it. And uh, the whole testing procedure started where I was like, okay, we got the Max Pack. Let's find a truck. Jason offered his, which was really cool. It was an identical configuration. Um, we're talking 21-inch dual motor on both trucks. One had the large pack. One had the Max Pack. The only difference was Jason's truck did not have the tonneau cover. But if you watch the videos, I made a makeshift tonneau cover. We ran the truck side by side. There was no difference. I put the trucks on the scales, by the way, and found that there was a weight difference. And then I realized that our Max Pack had the spare tire installed, and I think the underbody shield protection as well. Just knocking under the truck, um, there is a, a bit of a weight difference. So for all the testing, I took the spare tire out of the Max Pack to even the weight, and we were we, near as makes no difference. We do know, I'm actually going to just share a screen really quick, and I'm going to be sharing um, quite a bit of information throughout this podcast. It's going to be pretty nerdy, pretty intensive. Let me just add this over here. Uh, we do know from this battery design thing, you know, this is really the the chemistry. What's funny is they actually linked to our podcast. Their references is us, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But what we do know on the cell side is that it should weigh a little bit more. And so, yeah, they went from the 50G in the large pack to the 53G in the max pack, and it should weigh uh, 7.8 kilograms more. So we're talking near as makes no difference in terms of weight, but mm -hmm. there we were expecting some weight difference, and I would say our results were consistent with that. And so... Um, that was kind of interesting to see the weight difference of the two. But again, just for the viewers who may not realize, this is the exact same battery enclosure, the exact same thermal management system. It is just a cell chemistry upgrade, and the cost is $10,000. 
but then you're also taking delivery of an EPA-rated truck of 410 miles. And to some people, that may be worth the money until you realize the differences aren't actually that big in the real world. The one thing we have not told our audience about, which is the whole reason we're doing this podcast, is just before we start our testing. You know, of course, I'm updating on Twitter. I'm posting everything that's going on. Um, And I also want to make this very clear. I love the people at Rivian. I'm personal friends with them. They're great people. Like, I can call them up, anyone in the communications department or in engineering, whatever, and and we can just chat. We're very friendly. But at the same time, this is also a, a working relationship where I am reviewing a product. Of course, unsponsored, unpaid. We would never take money from any automaker to do a review. That's not a review. That would be an advertisement, and we would never do that. Um, so, you know, I have to be, you know, I, I'm not claiming I'm a journalist, but I, I'm here to test the truck. And they called us right before we did our testing, and they said, hey, Kyle, would you mind not doing your tests? And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You sent us this truck. We cleared our schedule. We borrowed Jason's truck. We're miling it up to break in the tires. They said, we think there's an issue, a malfunction, a problem with the Max Pack we sent you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this truck seems fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that I could see that would maybe cause a hint of concern would be when I log into the service menu, the state of health of the battery pack bounced between 97 and 98% instead of the 99 they're delivered with. But I don't think they would... We're, we're talking so many factors go into this that a 1% or 2% on a, a variable state of health that is not an accurate representation of battery capacity would cause any sign of concern. And you had to they, go looking for what they might be referencing. They didn't give you any kind of idea about what this um, issue would be. Yeah. And I don't want to insinuate that they were trying to not make us make our videos or anything like that. I do believe yeah. they genuinely thought there was a problem. And then it came on our side, which is like, well, we're about to go test this damn thing. And and they're like, well, we'll get you another truck at some point in the future. And I'm like, but but we have the truck here right now. Yeah. What could the problem be? They had they would not tell me. It kept they kept saying, well, we're, we're waiting for the engineers to get back to us, and you know we're over Christmas weekend. And you know I'm like, okay, well, let's give it some time. And basically, what I told them was in full transparency. I said, look, you drop the truck off to me. We're gonna do everything to go with it. Um, and we're going to wait to post our videos, which is why there was a lag time until we hear back from your engineers as to a reason that our results will be inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler, they still have not called with any reasoning. Um, but I, they are going to ship the, I'll get into the whole story. Anyway, they call us, they say, we think there's an issue with the truck. And I said, okay, well, damn, this sucks. Well, I, you know, everyone's been looking forward to the videos. I've been looking forward to the testing. What could be wrong? And Jordan and I went through an insane amount of research and testing to make sure that there was nothing wrong with the truck that would impact our results. We saw a couple little software glitches, TPMS went out, little things like that, but nothing that would affect the results of our testing from our side is what we were looking for. So here's what we did to make sure we had a accurate and representative truck. Tell me. We we first wanted to determine if the issue they were talking about was drivetrain or battery related. And they made it seem like it was an issue with our specific truck. Right. And so we ran the large pack and the max pack, which again, same motors, roughly the same battery pack side by side. And we made sure that the efficiencies were identical. We made sure that there was nothing in our truck that was causing it to become less efficient 
than the other one. And I think, you know, we've already posted our results from the range test. That shows. I think if we look, I'm just pulling up our data on the range test. Uh, the large pack got 2.41 miles per kilowatt hour. The max pack got 2.38. So we're talking a minuscule difference, roughly 2.4 miles per kilowatt hour each over their entire drive loop cycles in which we ran the trucks side by side. Okay. Same conditions, same day. So we knew that there was no drivetrain issue with our vehicle that would cause it to perform worse in our highway testing from either the 10% challenge or the, the uh, you know 70 mile per hour highway range test and capacity test. And then before we posted the results, we did our testing on the range test. We shot the video. We treated it like we had a fully functional working truck, which in our eyes, we still believe we did have. Um, and we said, okay, let's film the results. Let's see everything. And then what we need to do before we post our range test results and capacity results is we need another max pack to compare to so that we can make sure we pulled the same amount of energy out of the battery pack. Again, both trucks we tested were new. We knew the large pack was represented. That was a customer-delivered vehicle. And before we posted our range test results, it was a scramble to make sure that the the discharge capacity that we got out of that truck was accurate. Because again, Rivian is being vague in their responses, whether or not truly they couldn't get an answer from engineering. I I don't want to insinuate they didn't want us to post our results. Again, I think they thought something was up with the truck and something might've been up with the truck, but it didn't affect our testing at all. So here's what I did to check the capacity of the battery pack. Uh, to make sure that our 143, I think it was 143.3 kilowatt hours indicated on the screen of total capacity was accurate. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share my screen here. What I did was I went to the EPA testing site. Now, anyone can go here. This is a public, you know, document index system. And I searched through all of the crazy amounts of data when it comes to Rivian submissions for the EPA tests. And one of the things that's part of all of this, this is the dual large. Let me just find the dual max. Here we go. Dual max. Uh, One of the things that's a part of this is they have to list their discharge energy. And so, you know, I was talking to Skylar late at night on the phone. My friend Bryce, my friend Jose were like, can anyone, Jose's like talking to internal people at Rivian to say, what's the usable capacity? We get some numbers back, but of course I can't reference those because we got those from, you know, an internal source Mm -hmm. that I, and I don't even know who they are. I just was, you know, like, can you ask someone that, you know, and so I'm getting back results, bits and pieces here that indicate that what we pulled out of the truck was entirely accurate, but I needed to completely double check everything to make sure that we, you know, because if Rivian's going to say their truck isn't representative, I need to prove that it is. Yes, of course. Or else you're testing would be skewed. Yeah, of course, we wouldn't post the video at that point. I'm not here to post a non-representative range test of something someone will go out and buy. Right. And and to be honest, I, I am, Rivian told me they will set me up with the engineers once they have a chance to dig into our truck and tell us exactly what's wrong with it. And my hope is that they'll actually do that on a podcast with us so they can share why there was a cause for concern, what the concern was, and how it should or shouldn't have affected our tests. And I'm 99.999% sure it, it did not affect our test. Here's why. Not only did I talk to a MaxPack owner, Lacey Misco Electric, who has been road tripping and driving her MaxPack and she has a lot of data that she's captured. Mm -hmm. I have the submitted energy content 
that they were able to pull out of the max pack right here in the testing results, 141.549 kilowatt hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty damn close. We actually got more, but again, we're relying on the in-car screen sensors, which are not instrumented data. They can be slightly off at times. Um, totally. And so I was like, okay, well here, this is the actual energy content, but I'm like, you know what? That's just on one EPA cycle test. Let's go through some more. Let's find out some more. And mm-hmm. what I found was Rivian actually submits these entire really nicely put together documents to the EPA. These are all publicly available documents, by the way. You can find them on the EPA website. Okay, nice. And I found that they really nicely laid out their total capacity of the max pack. Because again, for folks who may not, by the way, this is the rigs that they do the testing on. How sick is that? Oh, this is, I want to build one of these. Yeah, Yeah, I want want to have my own. There are a couple million bucks to do because you need to simulate solar loads. You can see all this stuff up here and just so cool. Um, And these are the actual clamps. Yeah. The clamps that they calculate energy capacity on their, their basically current collectors, uh, current clamps. Yep. Very thorough. This is voluntary. Do they have to submit this kind of document? Absolutely. In order to be, uh, you know, given an EPA range. So every electric car has information like this publicly available through the EPA sites. And one of our things that we're going to do is actually dig into this a little bit more. They go through the correct operation of the vehicle, the labels that it needs to have, of course, their MPGE indications, blah, 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 blah. But if we scroll down to the actual testing data on MaxPack, here we have an R1S, in this case, MaxPack that they've ran. And then you can see they run it through the entire different cycles that they do. And they pulled 141.722 kilowatt hours out of this. Now, every time they do a range test or we do one, you're going to vary the amount of energy that you pull out of the battery pack, which I think is actually why Rivian probably does not communicate uh, usable capacity of the battery. Uh, because it, it's really an up to number. If I were them, I would say up to 142 kilowatt hour usable and then 149 kilowatt hour gross, which mm-hmm. is what the battery pack is. What kind of threw me for a loop at first that made me think we actually did not have a representative truck is if you look here at the like uh, rating of the vehicle, let's see, of the battery pack and everything, they have an energy capacity of 382 and a nominal voltage of 392. And if you multiply those two together, uh, for those who don't know, the way these numbers works is the energy capacity is 382 amp hours. So you have to multiply amp hours times the nominal voltage, which is Again, around half. So let's do 392 times 382. It's at 149.7 kilowatt hours. Typically, this is where automakers will post their usable capacity. So I'm like, Mm. at first, I was actually like, oh, damn, we didn't get a representative truck. Scrap the videos because we were supposed to pull 149 kilowatt hours out of it. And we only pulled 143. Right. But but this is actually the gross capacity of the battery pack. And Rivian does this for every model. Um, And of course, you know, there's like issues on it as well. You can see it says AC induction motor front and rear. They're both permanent magnet motors. So this isn't perfect. We've seen these discrepancies with Cybertruck, with other vehicles. So they're, I guess, can be mistakes making. I don't know why they would list them as AC induction motors when for sure both are permanent magnet, which is why they have a clutch disconnect. We'll get into that in a bit. This is so, so hard to explain cohesively, but I think people hopefully are following along. Yeah, luckily so anyway, you can actually track what you're looking through. So it's been it's been really fun and, and actually a great learning. I'm not an expert on reading these documents. So I opened the comment section to everyone to tell me 
you know, did we get something wrong like that? And of course, I'm, I have a call with Rivian coming up that I will update everyone on if and when that actually happens. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that in a minute. So I was like, oh, crap, we didn't get everything out. But then I realized, okay, this is just the gross capacity of the battery pack, which we were expecting to be 149 kilowatt hours, again, based off of this data sheet that we knew the Samsung 53G cells were 149.6 kilowatt hour gross. Right. Okay. What's weird is this isn't entirely accurate because this claims that the 135 kilowatt hour pack, which is the large pack, is usable 135, which is for sure not the case. And I can prove that by coming back to the uh, large battery pack documents. And we can see here's a different R1S that they ran, different color. This is a large pack truck, same setup, another packet submitted for the large dual motor vehicles. And if we scroll down here, you can see they pulled about 130.7 kilowatt hours out of that battery. Mm -hmm. And during our testing, according to the in-car screen, we pulled 132.1 kilowatt hours out. And again, there's different discharge rates. There's, you know, we were close enough. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking just, you know, one, one and a half kilowatt hour difference from the in-car sensors versus actual ones. And so in both cases, we pulled a little bit more out than Rivian claims as the usable capacity here in these tests. But yep, so we knew we were accurate on all of that. Mm -hmm. So that totally confirmed to me, just looking at these numbers through here and talking to Misco Electric, that there, there was no impacted result that our truck had. We had identical efficiency to the same specification of another vehicle. And we pulled out in our case, actually more usable energy than even Rivian did when they did their own EPA testing. Being that we know the gross battery packs sizes are uh, 100 and you know what whatever they were 149 kilowatt hours, and the large pack is high 130s, mid to high 130s. Um, you know we're assuming the usable capacity is roughly 95.7 percent of both battery packs. So everything tracked normally. And this is why I went ahead and posted the results. And I told Rivian mm-hmm. up front, I didn't just like blindside them. I said, hey, you know, I'm going to put this video up at noon Pacific yesterday. So December 27th. And that's when it went up. I said, if you can call me or have an engineer call me with a reason as to why you believe our truck is non-representative of a production max pack, I am happy to hold the video and to, you know, wait on this stuff. But I, you know, thought, okay, We've gone through all of this research. We found all of this data. I feel confident enough that we pulled out even, we did better than you guys did, according to the the trucks. And, you know, yeah, we only got, uh, uh, what did that truck do? 339 and a half miles at 70 mm-hmm. miles an hour. But uh, that's the representative result of the truck. It was cold outside. You know, we weren't mm-hmm. we weren't saying this is how to get the most range out of the max pack. We wanted to know the range difference on the highway between large and max. Right. You, you've done your best to control to try to get that as controlled as possible. You looked through all the public information to make sure that what you're getting is matching up with what's out there to, you know, maybe a little bit of discrepancy, but nothing too significant. So you're taking away from this. All right. We have the, the trucks that we're supposed to have to be able to do these tests. Yeah, basically, we confirmed that the efficiency is the same and we're getting the expected discharge capacity out of the battery. So we're we're posting the results. Mm -hmm. And that's why that video went up. Okay. Through this process, I found some other interesting things out about it. And and by the way, we would not have gone this deep into testing everything if Rivian didn't say they thought there was some issue with our truck. Now, of course, we're going to get the comments saying, well, Rivian just didn't want to, you know, you to post your results. They were trying to, you know, make the max pack look 
uh, you know, essentially better than it is. And maybe there was a marketing branding reason. I can't, my gut feeling says, no, I trust the people at Rivian. I, like I said, I really know these people. I can't rule it out completely. I don't know what their conversations are. There might be, you know, someone in the background saying, don't let them post the results, find anything possible. Because again, it was only 22 and a half mile difference for $10,000 upcharge. I don't think that's very much like them, uh, but I think we did our due diligence to make sure that there was no issue with the truck that we had. At least, I, I believe there was no issue with it. And I even went as far as um, before the video went up, I returned the Max Pack to Rivian, and I went into the service bay and I found a technician and I said, "Dude, can you log into this truck and like let's scan everything? Tell me if there's anything abnormal about this vehicle." And the only thing that popped up that was abnormal was that the clutch didn't disconnect at some point in the truck's life, stayed open, which means front wheel drive, for more than 300 miles. And I'm like, but that makes sense. We just did that on our range test, and it must have mm -hmm. flagged a little thing because we were just sitting on the highway for an entire discharge cycle. And so I was like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't matter. We wanted it front wheel drive anyway, so whatever. Okay. So it didn't. Nothing else popped up on the truck. Now, that's not to say the engineers don't have access to more information or or more detailed stuff, but mm -hmm. whatever this dude was looking through was like, we were deep in the menus of the truck, you know, remotely looking at it. They can see everything. It was crazy. And and both he and I were like, he's like, I can't find anything. I, you know, he didn't say there is no issue. He's like, if engineer is telling the press team that there's an issue, maybe there is, but to our side, we don't see anything. Right. So that okay. mixed with our fact finding, I was like, you know what? I think our truck's fine. And I talked to other, you know, Rivian enthusiasts and people in the community at length about like what what do you think we should do? And and ultimately I don't I just don't think I want to be bullied by a big company into not, you know, sharing results that make them look bad. Because I think yeah. we we made sure that the truck was was representative. Okay, that's that story. Story number one. Story number two is throughout this whole cycle, I was like, how, yeah, okay, I get the results, I get everything. How is that there is a 58-mile range difference between the R1T large dual motor and the R1T max dual motor? I'm like, that doesn't actually add up. No. And I found some interesting things that okay. I'm going to share with everyone. And I just want to say, <laughs> I, I... I'm going to share information that I am not an expert at interpreting EPA document information, but I have confirmed with everyone I possibly can about this. And I don't think anything's illegal or wrong, but it does feel slightly deceptive on Rivian's part, what I'm about to share. And I think it's oh, worth... Really? Yeah, I think it's worth going into this with like, okay, let's let's see what Kyle has to say, but let's verify. So I just mm -hmm. want... I'm just presenting information... I'm not accusing anyone. I'm just saying things smell a bit fishy at, at, for what I'm about to show you. And um, right. again, I know a lot of people that that look into these documents, I would say, as a hobby, but are not paid experts in this world. And so I just want to make it clear that I'm just presenting information that I found, and I'd love some comments from the viewers as to their interpretation, professional interpretation, if possible, as to what we're seeing. Okay. okay. There are... Yeah. Okay. So to that topic of when I go to the Rivian website and I configure the trucks, the one thing we know for sure is in that the R1S is less efficient than the R1T. Sounds interesting, but the truck is more efficient in every EPA test. 
In the real world, I've done a video where I've ran R1T, R1S side by side. The truck's always a little bit better. And what's weird is in the configuration of dual motor, all-wheel drive, 21-inch wheels, this is the exact truck that we tested, large pack, right here, right? This is the one we used on the range test. Mm -hmm. has an EPA estimated range of 352 miles, okay? Okay. Seems that we knew that. Mm-hmm. The curious part is the Rivian R1S dual motor all-wheel drive on 21-inch wheels, the identical configuration, also has a 352-mile range. Hmm. Okay. We know that it shouldn't be exactly the same. The R1T should always do a bit better than R1S, and always has. And, uh, you know, I'm sure if we play around with different configurations, we can make it show that. So let's just show, you know, quad motor, just as an example, uh, 21-inch R1S is 321 miles. And again, I'm, there's an explanation here that I want to get to, but if I go quad motor, large mm-hmm. pack here, 328 on this one, truck for truck, 321 on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we there's always a difference. Why is it in this one specific configuration of 21-inch dual motor or dual motor performance, again, they don't affect the range of each other, why are they identical? And... I found the answer as to why, which is to me, when you're looking at, from a marketing perspective, when you're thinking about buying a Rivian, you're going to be looking at the long range ones and comparing them, right? So the R1T Max Pack is rated at 410 miles of range. If I just come over here and go Max Pack, and the R1S is rated a little bit less than that at 400 miles of range. Okay. Okay. Why is the truck, like, why is it in that configuration, they're 352 each? And then here, you know, it makes the gap from R1T large to max look bigger than it actually is. And here's what I found. And this, again, is where I, I'm just presenting information that I found here. Okay. You can see here, and in the official testing procedures, this is the max pack. I just want to make sure. Yeah, dual max. Here's each test that the vehicles go through. I have another thing about a two-cycle and a 20-inch I'm going to get to in a second, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, You will notice that, and I encourage everyone to go through all of these documents, and again, you just go to this website here, dis.epa.gov, and it will let you search through all of this stuff. You just type in R1T and vehicle model, and it'll pull everything up. The... um, I I guess to make it short and to not make this podcast continue, the R1S 21-inch dual motor was the only one run with 21-inch wheels. They never submitted or ran a R1T 21-inch truck. And we can confirm this results even further by coming to the MaxPack document here. This is the you know, the 141 kilowatt hour max pack packet that Rivian mm-hmm. sent. And if I come all the way to the bottom, this is where it shows what tests qualify for what vehicles. And if I come up here, oh, wait, sorry, dual motor. I'm trying to show large for a second. Excuse me. Uh, if I, because we're trying to show that the, um, why is it that the R1T and the R1S large dual motor share the same range? Yes. And you will notice here's a test. You can see it. This is the test group.0192 as an example. And some of these things do change, but that particular test group accounts for R1T 22 inch. 
There's another one that accounts for R1S, 22-inch, two separate tests for two different models. Mm-hmm. But when I come to the 21-inch, they ran R1S and R1T together, which means they never actually ran or submitted the specific R1T dual motor large pack information. Now, is that illegal? No, because technically they're sandbagging it. We know it should have done better. Instead of 352 mile EPA, the large pack should have been 360, 361 as a guess, Hmm. um, just to keep consistent with that gap, which would make it seem like the max pack value is more than it actually says in the range ratings on the website. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. What am I trying to say? The max pack appears to have a higher value than in in difference than in real life. So this one was quite curious to me. And I have not seen an automaker other than Rivian really do two different models and the same test. Now, it's possible they just lost the test results or didn't have time to run an R1T or uh, just forgot to submit the data. And it just, you know, they chose, in this case, it's not anything crazy because they're indicating the truck is a 352-mile EPA, which is less than it would have gotten. So it's not like it's... They're not making it look better than it is. They're making it look worse than it is. But it makes Uh that gap to max pack look even better. So Hmm. that was a curious one to me. I'm just presenting things that I found. And Mm -hmm. um, you you can see both vehicles have a different curb weight, but they ran the same test weight. And then they used the same coefficient of drag on their coast-down testing for the five-cycle here. Uh-huh. Um, so they used, again, it was only ran on the R1S. There was no, there was no R1T 21 inch dual motor large pack that was run on the max pack. They ran them separately and we can see the separate results on the max pack. If we come over to the document here, you can see R1T 21 inch dual max and dual performance, mm-hmm. right? And that has its set of dyno coefficients. And then we can find R1S Somewhere around here. Let's see if we can find it. 21 and 22 inch. Yeah, here's R1S, right? With a different curb weight, with different numbers, and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So those were run separately for the max, but not for the large. So that's just interesting that it makes the gap look bigger than it actually is on R1T. But it does. there's more here too, because if I come to the actual results for the range test, which are... Let's just see if I can find the correction factor results. Should be somewhere around here. Okay. This is for R1S uh, max pack, right? You can see mm-hmm. when they when you run a five-cycle test, you run USO6, you run um, uh, you know, a cold weather test, as an example, uh, and a few other tests that make it harder on the vehicle to perform in terms of range. But what you do get is to get a less aggressive adjustment factor Uh, And in some cases, that works out to your benefit. In some cases, it doesn't. No question, it's more time-intensive to run a five-cycle test than a two-cycle test. But you'll actually notice, if we start looking at large versus max, uh, R1S to R1S, because we can't compare R1T to R1T, because there was no R1T 21-inch submitted large, Mm -hmm. they actually are more efficient on the max pack. Only in the city cycle, though. The highway is pretty much identical. And the only explanation that I could have for that, which would make up for a bit of difference, maybe 4%, 5% difference uh, between, you know, dual and um, 
uh, a large and max, not accounting for the battery capacity difference, would be that I think they must be running the silicon carbide inverter on the rear motor of the max pack. It's just a guess. Um, because the efficiencies of that would only happen in the city when that motor's connected. And mm-hmm. again, it connects up to like 17 miles an hour and then uh, re-engages when you're decelerating at 12 miles an hour, plus or minus. Mm-hmm. And so having a more efficient rear motor, um, if if they are installing the silicon carbide on the max packs, makes sense for a few percent better efficiency only in the city, though. Because again, on our highway test, both have the silicon carbide inverter on the front motor and they mm-hmm. are identical in our test and they were identical in the EPA testing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you want that larger range, sure, it's good to get it in the city, which is probably where you're doing most of your driving. But if that doesn't carry over to efficiency on the highway, the $10,000 price tag. Sure. Well, I think actually it would be kind of an easier sell for Rivian if they're like, oh, we're putting the silicon carbides in the max pack, but only the silicon inverters on the large pack and the rear motor. That okay. that actually not only helps you in the city, but also while towing. Because in tow mode, in sport mode, uh, the, that rear axle is connected and running four-wheel drive all the time. And so that that seems like a benefit that I would share if I was an automaker. Maybe they don't think people would understand it, but that would be the only thing I can think of as to why they are more efficient in the city than not. There was another idea, which is maybe the battery packs actually um, uh, uh, less resistive or has an easier discharge percentage, but we actually looked at the differences between the Samsung 50G and the 53G, and it it's not enough to show up on a test result. Um, so okay. I think it's the silicon carbide uh, rear inverter, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's... That, that's great. That's an that's a meaningful upgrade to the max pack that is not confirmed. I'm going to ask Rivian and we'll answer. I'm just speculating with what I found. Yes. But there's one more thing to share that I didn't like that feels a bit slimy to me here about all of okay. this. My interest that is peaked. There are three different wheel configurations for Rivian. There's a 20, a 21 inch and a 22 inch. And in the 21 and 22-inch variants, they run the five-cycle test. I've shown you that. We've seen the discharge results. But in the 20-inch, they only run a two-cycle test, which inherently like isn't bad or wrong. It's just – and I just want to prove it to you really quick. When I come to the official EPA documents here, it doesn't matter if it's large or max pack. They show the same thing. The first test vehicle that we're doing here is an R1S 20-inch all-terrain dual mm-hmm. large, right? And here's everything about the car and the test weight, curb weight, and, you know, they're putting test weight to 7,500 pounds or whatever. And they, you know, of course, have some miles on them. It's, it's all pretty normal. But you'll notice the first test they ran is a charge-depleting UDDS, which is a, a low-speed city test. Mm-hmm. And then the next test that they did is a charge-depleting highway. And then it's test end. Now we're on to 21-inch. And on the 21-inch, you'll see, if I scroll down here, they did CVS 75 they did HWFE, they did USO6, they did SCO3, they did charge depleting city, and they did charge depleting highway. And this makes up the true five cycle test plus the cold weather component. And here you go, boom. And to further this confirmation, you'll notice under some of the results for the 20 inch, let's just see if I can find where I'm going here. Do, do, do. Yeah, here, here we go. So this is on the 21-inch all-terrain performance dual max. You mm-hmm. can see only two-cycle testing was performed. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to show that they wrote it out. That's all. 
uh-huh. I wanted to confirm that, okay, we're not just pulling this out of our ass. They wrote so it. What, they submitted it. They did. Uh, it's what not inherently bad. I, mm-hmm. I don't actually know if that means that the results are worse or better, but all that I do know is when you compare a R1T or R1S range on 20-inch versus 21-inch using the website, they're not using the same test. They are not no. comparable numbers. It's not um, consistent. Right. And we can look at that right here. So we can say, okay, let's come to the vehicle studio and let's spec, you know, the 20 inch, uh, only available with all terrain upgrade. How do you do that? You got to upgrade to all terrain. Yeah. What do, what do I got to hit? All terrain upgrade select. So on the large pack Rivian dual motor, you can see this 307 mile EPA Mm -hmm. versus the 352. Mm-hmm. Those are not comparable numbers. They're not yeah. running the same drive cycle. And yeah, no question, there's going to be a range hit. And and perhaps the two cycle makes the all-terrain look even worse than it would perform, right? Um, and that, I think, actually leads to a better customer experience when they're driving their vehicles and achieving their range, which mm-hmm. I can do in my own Rivian and many owners can as well. But mm-hmm. that is certainly... Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's a little slimy because that 307 versus 352 um, are, are not in the same drive cycle loop. So you can't actually say you'll get this much more range if you match EPA results because the EPA cycles are different. Totally. I, yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And if I were to base my decision off of this information to either upgrade to the max pack or j- just trusting the EPA range that they're giving me, that wouldn't make me feel good as a customer for Rivian. The the one last thing I just want to show and, and to be transparent about, on the R1S 21-inch, the results are accurate when you go between large pack and max pack. This 400 to 352 mile um, it is exactly what the EPA results will show. And let's just, so you do 400 minus 352 in this case is 48 miles difference, right? Mm-hmm. Now, our test only showed a 22 and a half mile difference because we did not do city driving, which means we didn't get that added efficiency benefit, which means the highway portion is less effective. And especially when towing, perhaps you do actually get the benefit of that more efficient rear inverter, if that's the case, just a guess. Sure. And I would have loved to do that test. And and actually, next time I get a max pack, I will do that test because if it is more efficient towing, it might be worth 500 bucks or $1,000 plus or minus. If you're towing all the time in your EV, Sure. Yeah, okay. But then when we look at the R1T numbers back-to-back, just to pull this up, I sorry that I don't have it here. Uh, I can go max pack is 410 and large pack is 352, right? So then I can go 410 minus 352 is another 10 miles of difference of 58 miles. And and we know that it's not a 58-mile difference. No. Is it wrong that they did it this way? No, I don't think it's illegal because the large pack is, you know, is, is hampered down a little bit. But when you look at that difference, people are thinking I'm getting a, a 58 mile range benefit when it's actually only should be a 48 plus or minus mile range benefit. Is that Mm -hmm. a make or break decision? I don't know. I think in the real world, our testing shows uh, that everyone can make up their opinion to purchase what they want. I know max pack owners that are pleased with their truck and and very happy with it. But uh, I think everyone can kind of agree it's 10 grand for for 22 miles in our test. That's a tough sell. Yeah, I I think that's a tough sell for sure. I think I'd want a lot more for 10K. Yeah, certainly. And so the one thing we haven't discussed up to this point is the charging performance of the trucks. And that will be an upcoming video in a couple days after this one. 
And the charging performance of the Max Pack, I haven't actually analyzed the data, but it's not better than the large pack. You know, I thought, okay, maybe our truck was unread because they they told us there was some issue that would affect the range. They never said there was an issue that would affect the charging performance. But I thought, mm-hmm. well, let me just double check. Mm-hmm. So uh, Misco Electric took her Max Pack and did some very similar charging to what we did, and she experienced the same results in terms of a charging percentage or charging kilowatt rate at a percentage from the same starting point with the same temperature to what we did on the max pack. So I feel very confident that our max pack charging curve testing that will be coming is extremely accurate. Okay. So to summarize, Rivian called us before we did the testing. They said, there's an issue with the truck. We don't want you to, they never said don't post your results or don't make videos, but they just said, we think there's an issue with the truck. What do you want to do about it? And I said, well, if, it, if we find that it's non-representative, we will not post the videos. And I thought, well, in order to make sure that it is representative, I really got to dot our I's and cross our T's and make mm-hmm. sure we did all the research and prove to ourselves that it was a representative result. Exactly. And that's what all of this research went into. Um, and that's what I have found. And Interesting. I, I, I would like to see what everyone thinks, but I feel like we're pretty – can be pretty sure – that we were representative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you'd hope that if you were handed one of these over, that it would be representative. But this added, yeah, a whole nother layer where you had to dive into the details and all the public information on this to double check it, which revealed more things on top of that. But were you necessarily, I mean, you already had kind of your hunch about the max pack and the value add. So has that changed to what you originally thought about it now with all this testing? I mean, or not. I'm feeling pretty good as a large pack owner. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how I feel. I feel like if it was a small, so my what I would have loved Rivian to do. You know, this is now we're let's forget data. Let's just say what's our wish list. Yeah. Uh, my wish list of the Rivian would be for the Max Pack. I think there's still some work they can do to improve the charging performance, and we will cover that story as it is improved, just like we did on the large pack. They came out nerfed. It's possible they'll push the cells harder, but based on the 50G to 53G cell, I'm not expecting a major leap without the large pack also getting a major leap in performance. But there's still there's always optimization that can be done through software, and, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe that's why they didn't want us to test the truck, but that's I don't know. I, I don't have the answer. What I will say is I will update everyone as soon as I talk to Rivian engineers. Mm-hmm. I will invite anyone at Rivian onto our podcast to explain whether we're right or wrong. And I've already Please. let them know all of this. I've already said, hey, we want to be as transparent about the Max Pack to our audience as possible. We're not on a mission to make it look bad. We just want to quantify what it is. Mm-hmm. And I, up to this point, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. But it does, you know, the, their whole like your truck has an issue thing just raises a bunch of questions and red flags. Yeah. Anyway, here's the wish list. I just wanted to make that clear that we're not like in communication with the Rivian. We still are. And I love the people there. And I love my truck. It's the best truck I've ever owned. I just think this Max Pack's kind of lame. And that's my interpretation of the data that we've got. Your interpretation of the data might be differently. Sure. So wish list. Let us know. I wish they would push the cells a little bit harder while charging and then introduce the Max Pack or have introduced the Max Pack as a no cost upgrade to the large pack. Yeah. For example, Tesla did this with the Model 3 and Model Y, where they went from the 74-kilowatt-hour pack to the 82-kilowatt-hour pack. Didn't tell anyone. It just gave you everyone more capacity. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. Why, why is Rivian charging me 10 grand for similar benefit <laughs> as yeah. an example? And it, it is from an investor standpoint, I'm sure investors love the idea of MaxPack because it doesn't, I don't know if it costs them more or less. Uh, I assume it costs them more for the newer sell, but I don't know what the percentage is. I can't imagine it's 10 grand, but that's just me speculating. I don't know. Um, but it seems like it's a, it's a profit cash grab more than anything. Yes. Definitely. So I would have loved to see them maybe raise the price of large pack 500 bucks or a thousand bucks and say, you know what, we're giving you an extra, uh, how many kilowatt hours, 11.3 kilowatt hours, according to our testing. And I think everyone would have been fine with that. That would have been cool. Look at the new technology improving. And then max pack should have been, not only did they promise a 400 mile truck and playing every EPA game to eke out the mileage in the five cycle with the the loosest correction factor and all that stuff actually give us the most amount of range you can put in the damn truck for people who use it like me where I need to tow. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so disappointed with towing with my truck that I genuinely need a, a real max pack. And that would be, first of all, max pack was never supposed to be available on R1S early on. The reason was R1T is longer. It can accommodate a bigger battery before you hit the rear axle. I wish they would fill in that module space. They were also supposed to fill in the module space underneath the rear seat where the subwoofer is and extra storage to give you even more capacity. Now, I'm not sure I'd give up sound quality for that much capacity, but you get the idea. They were going to stuff that thing full of batteries. And they still, you know, based on the technology years ago, they were only going to give us 400 miles of range, but we were going to have a 180 kilowatt hour battery pack. They could have probably squeezed 200 kilowatt hours worth of battery pack in there, made it 800 volt, made it charge well, and show the world the engineering and technical ability of Rivian. And what they did, in my impression, and I, you're, there's no reason to be upset about it because the information's all out there. Someone can choose to purchase this or not. But what they did was they went, they did the least amount possible to hit the 400 mile EPA range for R1S, which R1T got 410 because it's more efficient. There is almost little to zero benefit to the end user in the real world. Yeah, I feel like they should have just paused on the whole thing and come up with something that really added value. Because I don't even think that, I mean, from your testing, it adds something here and there, but significantly for the user end user experience, I don't think that it's matching up with what it was portrayed to be. I don't think it matches up with the price point and you know, the potential there too. So, I mean, personally, why come out with something that is supposed to be an improvement on what was already there when it's really not like it, it seems I can imagine being on that team where it's like, well, we just have to keep going forward with this project and figure it out. Of course I'm, you know, editorializing, but, and that's who knows what happened. And that's why it would be really great to talk to Rivian, but I think a, a pause and a reconsideration of how to really add value to Rivian customers when range anxiety is a huge thing. Battery chemistries are, you know, we're playing to see what works best. Just more research and development could gone into it before. I don't know. Yeah. Introducing something that doesn't totally match up with, I don't know. Like you said, some people really do love it. So maybe. Well, I don't actually think I've come across anyone who does love Max Pack. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 even Lacey was like totally pumped about it when she got her truck, Misco Electric. Yeah, and then I was I on remember. the phone with her and she's like, well, you know, like I had the early pricing, so it only cost me six or seven grand. But even then, I'm like not totally sure that's worth it. And I'm like, I know, I think the charging's worse. I, I don't want to say that for sure without analyzing the data. I have the data. Um, but at least according to the initial rollout of the truck, man, Rivian's always been about over-delivering an amazing mm -hmm. product with all of the content, making people feel 
great about their purchase with unbelievable capability on road and off. Um, And and we thought they were going to take the same approach that they did with their amazing trucks with their next amazing battery. And it turns out to not be the case, but there's the data behind it. We went through Rivian telling us there was an issue with our truck. We had to find every single possibility to prove there was not an issue for us to feel comfortable with the results. Um, Rivian, the reason we didn't wait for them to confirm everything with us is they they claim they have to send the truck back to engineering in Irvine, where they will then dig into it, and then they will have an engineer respond. But this is next year. Oh, well, uh, okay. How did it get and, all the way to you before intervention? Why, why did it take right before we started our test for someone to flag something that we can't find anything wrong with the truck? I don't yeah. know. Leave that up to your imagination. I'm not claiming anything. I genuinely believe the people at Rivian are, are open and honest. I think there must have been some, I can only speculate, some internal miscommunication where it, it could have even been someone said, well, we're going to update something on the Max Pack. So the truck's not representative, but it is of the current ones. I don't know. And and I, I've already asked them a million times. I, I literally held the video for two and a half days waiting for a response and knowing that we weren't going to get one till next year and feeling pretty confident that we got a representative result. Mm-hmm. I posted our range test video and I will post our charging test video. Ultimately, that's the test car they sent us. We got the results on that particular one. And if they feel that another one will do better or differently, or if users feel they do better or differently, we will find a viewer's truck or another press truck to rerun at soon as possible to make sure we are sharing the most accurate results. But I believe we got the most accurate results based mm-hmm. on the current software version today. Yeah. I think if there was something that direly wrong with that truck, that they would have gotten you a response that they, you know, would have come at it a bit different. Or would have said, Hey, there's something wrong with the truck. Don't drive it. They never said, don't yeah. drive it. They never said, don't film. They never said, don't test. They just kept asking, are yeah. you going to film that range test? Are you going to do this? And I'm like, yeah, we're doing it. We're, this is our job. <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel bad that they, uh, you know, have to find a way to communicate around this max pack situation. And mm-hmm. certainly we put them in a pickle. That's also our job to test vehicles, but um, it is what it is. And I think we're as transparent as we can possibly be given all, you know, laying it out here in this podcast, which is why we put this on the reviews channel and not on the podcast channel, because this is where yeah. reviewing people come. Yeah, thank you for diving through all of that data and walking us through just to understand not only what you've done to research and kind of back up what you've done so that you can have the confidence, but also, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look through and it's public information. So showing everyone that they can find it too and seeing what questions come to the surface, you know, I guess you have some conclusions, but looking forward to speaking with Rivian directly about it all. And and we will update as soon as possible when Rivian gets back to us with results, numbers. I'm happy to issue any correction that they come to us with that we trust and believe. But again, um, I, I think their lack of response shows that maybe there is nothing to say. But that's just speculation. We'll have to see. Another waiting game. <laughs> Uh, really interesting. So yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. Have you dug through these kind of materials like Kyle did? Did everything make sense? Did he scroll past something important? Definitely let us know. Uh, but yeah, so I guess Kyle will be waiting to see what you talk about with Rivian, whatever comes next with this. I think this has definitely been something that people are waiting on. Should I upgrade? Should I not? Should I degrade? <laughs> Is the max pack that I apparently paid for worth it? Dot, dot, dot. So we'll see. So thank you, Kyle. And this is the reviews channel. So I guess I'll let you close it out because it's not my podcast. (laughs) Well, thanks for watching another out of spec reviews video, and we'll see you on another one again soon. Bye-bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.